Hey, Hoop fans, it's your head coach, Tony Staffieri, with another Hoop Assist podcast. I'm actually sitting here today with globally known, world-famous, main-grown Ben Tier of Tier Training. And today we're going to chop up a little bit about his philosophy, talk a little bit about his journey, and then hopefully he can discuss a little bit about the future of basketball training in his opinion. So Ben, welcome. I appreciate you. you. Coming down um, as we get, I think you just finished up uh, a two-day event here yep. in Central Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that went well for you. Went great. Went great. Awesome. Uh, so why don't we get started? We have a few questions, and hopefully our listeners will uh, gain a little bit of more, little bit more insight and knowledge about what you do. Because mm-hmm. I know I've had a chance to follow your journey a little bit before you got into this mm-hmm. uh, crazy business, and then certainly uh, once you started and, and made a, a huge name for yourself on a global level. Sounds uh, great. So. Uh, so with that, mm-hmm. our first question, you know, basically if you want to talk about your journey through this crazy thing called basketball and then, you know, now that you've made it a, a full-time job. Yeah, I started uh, back in high school and I was a four-year varsity player, um, you know, kind of saw what hard work produced, uh, you know, finished out my senior year, um, thousand-point score, state champion, and, you know, kind of from there just snowballed the momentum effect of, hey, I mean, if I can accomplish this, what more can I accomplish? And so I enrolled in, in prep school, received a Division II offer from Alaska Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that year, transferred to a Division I school, which was my dream. Um, unfortunately, and this is where it kind of gets, you know, a little bit of a train wreck, but um, it was unfortunately on a play that was just you know, even to this day, I think back and, you know, I don't know how it happened, but I stepped on the back of one of my teammates shoe at Iona and on the play, it was so violent that my whole entire shoe popped off and exploded. The bottom half exploded. I tore every ligament in my ankle and even partially tore my meniscus. So, you know, from there it was, it was a downward stretch of, you know, what am I going to do now? Basketball's been my whole life. I had seen myself playing pro uh, from the day I was like, you know, four years old, getting a little mini hoop, shooting outside. And when it was kind of, kind of all taken away for over a year, I was out. Um, I just had to figure out what I was going to do next. And being newly married, you know, having to find a job now, having to, you know, be the sole provider, and uh, just in my household, that uh, I needed to find some way. And what I kept going back to was in the summers I would have young players train with me as I would go off to college. And I wouldn't charge anything. They'd just get into workouts with me or do hill sprints or, you know, whatever I was doing that day, they'd do it with me. And I started to really constantly as I was, you know, rehabbing and getting back or trying to get back, I kept really enjoying those days the most where these young players would be with me and just kind of be on that grind with me. And so, um, you know, one thing led to another. I uh, had been in, in a network marketing business prior to that year of, of rehabbing. And I just really loved owning my own business. And um, so, you know, I remember it on March 1st. Um, I said, hey, let me make a Facebook page. Let me make an Instagram page. And, and let me just go on YouTube, figure out how to make a real simple website. And, you know, let's, let's get these players that were working out with me every, every summer. Let's turn this into a business. And started charging $10. per player and yeah and it was it was no time I didn't know anything about the business I just $10 per player if a workout goes an hour and a half it goes an hour and a half uh, 
and uh, you know from there it just it kind of took off. So nice. Now you said yeah. March. What what year was that? It would be March two thousand and fourteen. So I'm okay. coming up so on about four, four and a half, five close years. To five. Five years. Yeah. 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 So it, goes, it flies by. <laughs> it doesn't. It, <laughs> it does. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so there it became. You know, you had the ten dollar mm-hmm. um, per player charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably scrapping to get gym time anywhere you could get it, whether yes. it was inside or outside. Quickly probably. found out how hard that was. A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when did it click for you that that would become something that you could turn into a full time business? Yeah, I was at the beginning. I uh, worked for my mother. I was uh, scooping up poop. She owns an animal <laughs> clinic, and so you know that was I was the the the, the handy guy around the place. That was my job, um, and I was getting paid for that. And so I actually started out part time. So I would work from you know eight a.m. to about two p.m. And then from there, I would, you know, get out. We'd have a local gym around. Um, I'm from Machias, so mm-hmm. we had a local gym around where I'm from. And from there, I would, I would just host workouts from 3 p.m. until about 8. Quickly, I realized, you know, there's teams coming in. There's, you know, um, fortunately, I was at the school at that point. I was enrolled there, so I knew the, the schedule a little bit. But, um, you know, I realized how hard it was to get gym space, how hard it was to you know, keep a clientele, how hard it was to keep, you know, this progression going. And that's when I actually turned to social media and I really started to promote what the athletes were doing. I vowed every single day I would post a drill. I would post their progression, you know, and I, I really fell in love and I kind of became obsessed with figuring out how to tell their stories through social media. Mm. And so, you know, I loved showcasing how they got better on a drill, what they were doing to get better. And uh, I'm a big follower of a guy named Gary Vee. I remember yeah. he said, give more in value than you ask for in dollars and you'll be taken care of. And I really wholeheartedly poured uh, my time and attention into just giving value any way that I thought was right. Sometimes it was wrong. Sometimes I didn't post the greatest drills or, or the greatest you know, value tips or something. But um, you know, when I, I just poured my heart into that, I started to figure out what gained more attention, what was more wanted. And... You know, just kind of learn more, more from there on the social media side. And I know it sounds really crazy, but to make a long story short, you know, two athletes became 10 via word of mouth yep. of me posting and 10 athletes became 20. And then I got calls from other local towns and they saw progress and I improved in, in my craft and it just kind of snowballed from there. Sure. So, so the followers on the social media platforms yep. essentially turned into... Um, you know, either a summer camper or yes. a client during yes. the year. Yep. And I always, I, I, I uh, attended seminars for business. I, you know, attended um, social media seminars. I learned little tips and tricks here and there on, you know, what you can do to get your message out better, you know, because as, as, as much as we like to say that, that I wish it was, it could all be from the heart. You know, there are algorithms through social media and little things that you got to capitalize on to, to get your message heard and to get these athletes seen. And even though it's still from a great place, there are little things that I had to learn to get that message out, get seen. And then, uh, you know, I'd get, I'd get better with my craft, like I was saying before, and new opportunities would, would present itself. I try to just prepare as best as I could, but you know, I think that the one thing I really tried to capitalize on for summer camps, for group sessions, for individual sessions were what are the problems that I'm not seeing or solved? 
And around that time, a big thing that I think I, I remember with camps where I would always see videos of campers just kind of standing around. Mm -hmm. And it was one person doing a drill at a basket and everyone else were lined up behind just waiting. And so I thought, you know, what were some great ways to get campers and athletes just doing something at all, you know, all the time. And I remember, I can't even lie to you, my very first camp was a five, it was a three day, five hour camp. I swear, I think we did five hours of just ball handling. <laughs> we're like three and a half hours were stationary. And the kids loved it, but you know, afterward you get feedback and you know, hey, we want a little bit more game time. We want more, you know, up and down, you know. So it was just, I would, I would pour my heart into trying to figure out these problems. But then of course from there it's, you know, how can I get better? How can I compete with myself and improve right. myself? So I, I think it's those two things, figuring out problems, um, showcasing through that social media and then getting better myself. So those three things, I sure. guess. Well, some of us that are a little bit older uh, <laughs> and had, had started a little bit a few years before you would never have thought that algorithms would ever enter the arena and mm. making basketball a business, but um, certainly it has, uh, yeah, it's, as we know. Yeah, it can. It uh, has also made it a very a tough place to be seen and be heard now because there is so much chatter, um, but you want to be able to to get your message, you know, out there in a crowded, crowded world. But it is. There's some good things. There's some bad things, just like anything, though. Sure. So. Well, let's segue into really the, the, the most enjoyable part, and mm -hmm. that's the stuff that we do on the floor. Yes. Um, the other stuff is great. The business is, is obviously what keeps you employed and provides right. for your family. Right. Um, it's all uber important, but the basketball is probably why we're all here. Um, so with that said, my next question if you could maybe take us through how do you design a training session mm -hmm. um, and I, it's kind of a two-parter an individual training session because I know you do individual and then you do small and large group yes. sessions and obviously the summer camp format is more the large group sessions right. um, take us kind of those two ways you know how do you do an individual plan and then how do you do a small group plan yeah I I'm very passionate about my individual sessions um, I try to be I try to be that person that I think I needed when I was younger, and so I, I use this saying all the time that, um, you know, I, I try to be, I know it sounds crazy, but Siri to these players. <laughs> and, you know, I try to lead them in the right direction, show them the fastest route, show them how to get through the roadblocks and the, and the congested traffic. Um, so what I do is I have a, a method, I, I kind of coined it from the old SWOT analysis, mm -hmm. but I call it IDP, and it's I identify who the player is, what their role is going to be, um, what they want to improve on, you know, what coach is looking for them to improve on, what are their weaknesses, how do they respond to criticism, et cetera, et cetera. Identify who they are, and then when we get into, you know, uh, developing. You know, what, what can we do to set a blueprint? Where are they at? Where do they want to be? Um, and everyone that walks into the gym kind of has something different that they want to get better at. Um, and then from there, we personalize it. So, uh, it's it's strenuous. It's a lot of work, but I love it. it. I personalize every workout around who the athlete is, what they want to develop, and then who do they want to become heading into the next season. And um, we chart where they start, consistency-wise, from the three, from the mid-range. You know, we have different drills that we do mm -hmm. via time, via pressure, via you know conditioning and consistency, ball handling drills, um, and it's just it's picking and 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 you know picking them apart and. It's like a puzzle. Every athlete is different, and you you know you try to figure out how how do some athletes respond to to these type of drills. You know what gets this athlete uncomfortable. Um, so I'm I think I'm most passionate about my individual sessions, but I do know 
my, my also my passion is, and I struggle with this, is I want to be, you know, I want to meet as many athletes as I can. I want to be in, in as many athletes' corners as I can and, sure. and give them what I have. And so I realized that there's only 24 hours in the day. <laughs> and so I would love to spend all my time with individual athletes, but I did need to, you know, get these, these other players that were interested in working with me into these small groups. And if I'm being honest, my small groups, I think, were my, my weakest part of my training. I, I don't think my first two years I was very, very good at maximizing the time in the gym and the reps that I want to get you know, out of them. And so over time, I've started to develop kind of four 15-minute segments in the hour or you know, four 30-minute segments in a two-hour where we really want to break down some core ball handling stuff maybe you know some of the major concepts core ball handling you know maybe little micro skills here and there in the second segment uh, which are just little details that can get them the competitive edge third segment shooting right could be something different if it's a weekly clinic uh, could be just the the major stuff that they should know going into high school or middle school and then that fourth segment is playing you know get him to compete Sure. And different, you know, finishing drills, different one verse two, one verse one, five verse five. So those are kind of my IDP for the one on one sessions and the four segments for the group sessions. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been really working great over the last two years. Excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I wanted to follow up on the small group. Now you, you're, you're breaking it down. Do you typically do one hour two hour blocks do you have i know you do multi-day yeah um, you know maybe if you could talk us through how you design a small group uh, that's a great question workout yeah. yeah yeah i um so if it's you know i kind of tailor to what the coaches or parents have me in there to do um most over the, the last few years have been just one session every three or four months you know where we'd come in and and I think for those groups, I, I, try to, I try to ask a ton of questions from Tony Robbins. I actually got, you know, uh, to change your life, you want to change the questions that you ask. So I ask a ton of questions to these parents and these coaches. Hey, what are the major things that you want me to come in and work on? You know, are there maybe some drills or some tiny details we can get these players to learn to maximize what you want to happen within your team or within, you know, your, your, your group that you, you want me to be with? If it's, you know, this summer... I really fell in love with getting a team, working with them once every two weeks all summer, mm. and then now I'm going to be able to see their progress throughout the season. I'm really excited over the teams I've worked with. Yeah. But for those, it's same thing kind of with the individual part. It's identified, you know, develop and personalize. So identify, you know, what they struggled with last season, develop it around their offensive, you know, tactics, and, you know, then try to, this is the toughest part, personalize what each individual athlete needs throughout their offense to be at their strongest point. And, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, every Sunday I write every single workout down that I, that I do throughout the week. Um, but it pushes me to kind of be better, uh, and iron sharpens iron with that. But I'm really excited. I like kind of what I, what I did this summer and how I had, because this was the first time I did that. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how it works out. And so far with the individual athletes, I've, I've heard a lot of success. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm going to double back on that. Please. Uh, Wintertime follow-up. Um, but my next question, if you could maybe describe to our listeners, you know, what, in your opinion, is the most essential skill to develop, especially with young players, you know, yeah. the young developing middle, you know, 
elementary school, middle school into that high school age. Right, other than balance. And... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's some that, that don't even bring a basketball out for, for sure. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I think I, this is one of the hardest questions. I think I, I go back and forth from footwork to dribbling to shooting, but the more that the more that I'm talking to other coaches, working with players, I think around where we live, it's footwork. I think globally, it's shooting. I think it's the most important aspect that if you can shoot the ball, I really believe you can find a spot almost on every team, any team. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to put the ball in the hoop. And I think that it's, it's also one of the hardest things to learn because it, I think it takes the most reps. You know, with ball handling kind of – we can get more reps in a smaller period of time, but with shooting, it takes a little bit longer. I, I personally have more trouble with shooting drills and getting creative with that. With ball handling, you can right. you can do just about anything, <laughs> you know. But with shooting, especially in groups, you know, there's for me there's limited things, and so I think shooting is the most important. But I'm always up to to listening or learning what someone else thinks if yeah. there's if there's one that maybe I haven't even said. Now, was that um, footwork? You, you, you regionalized the footwork. Is that uh, yes. a dig at maybe some of the officiating you have in this park? <laughs> I don't know. Every time I, don't, I, I, I just got done with, <laughs> with another clinic, like you said, and I was officiating in the clinic. And so I've realized how hard it is to officiate. No knock Certainly. on it there. Yeah, but no, no intent. No, I just I think that, that it's very undertaught. I think that um, in, in other areas, what I've noticed is there's um, – there's more options. There's more to- more tools in the toolbox, and you know, just kind of around regionally here, we're we're, we're still in a, a old set way of you know different things. I mean, for example, I can tell you, all of my college athletes and high school girls this year worked on being able to get into a speed stop right left ga- or right left gather off of their left hand. I went to uh, the tournaments and I watched almost 40 to 50 high school girls games. And I didn't see one player that could go right left off of their left hand into her jump shot. They would either have to go right left right yeah. or jump stop. And so that was just one thing that I was I was really amazed at. And it lost a lot of you know a lot of opportunities for players to get into shots, to get into decision making, to get into situational things. So mm. that was just one thing that really stuck out. And it was it was crazy to me because I, I it was something that I just thought you know was was known right left and you know left right and just jump stop having having different options but it was almost unseen the entire tournament time so that's why i said footwork regionally but absolutely could be wrong too well it's good and and i think too you know you you've you've probably had enough conversations with coaches um and and me personally having gone through this on a limited basis at the high school level Mm -hmm. more at the college level but you, you you have to sacrifice something Yes. For the sake, the lack of time that you have. Oh, for sure. Uh, in the gym, I think you know at least here locally, uh, it's eleven week season. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I do training programs here that are ten weeks. I mean, <laughs> I almost do a whole season right. in just you know individual or small group player development. So it's. I, I can understand that probably footwork mm. is a little easier to sacrifice maybe in a in a 90 minute or 2 hour practice mm-hmm. than maybe ball handling and and shooting could be so yeah. kudos to you for picking that up uh yeah. at the at at the highest level uh of our game here locally um at a tournament so. yeah yeah it's 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 tough it's tough uh <laughs> but it's it's fun and i'm always 
I always want to learn. I'm not saying that that is the thing. It's just what I've seen, and um, I'm always up to learning. Yeah. You know, someone else's approach and what they find might be, you know, the the thing that we need to focus more attention and time on. Sure. If that is even right, you know, it could be player to player. But that's, that's a that's great info right there. Uh, give us a, a favorite drill to kind of go along with that. You know, is it a shooting drill? Is it a ball handling drill? Footwork drill? What What is your go to? I think what I've fallen in love with this summer, and it, it could go from summer to summer, but I, I, probably if you asked me two years ago, it'd be a ball handling drill. Yeah. But I've really fallen in love with, and I think just because I'm competitive, uh, shooting drills. You know, and getting creative. Uh, you know, I try to set things up into threes. Um, there was something I, I read and watched a long time ago that this is going to sound nuts, but ever since we were young, we were always taught in threes, threes you know, yeah. three blind mice, Goldilocks and the three bears. Almost every television network is MTV, ABC, yeah. you know, NBC. So I really try to set thing in th- things in threes. And so with shooting, I talked to my players this year about being uh, game-like conditioning, game-like consistency, and being able to shoot under game-like pressure. Um, where if you're missing, you know, you're going to be taken out or, you know, it might go more usage might go to another player. So I've fallen in love with, you know, maximizing players movement, getting a certain number of shots and a certain number of time. Yeah. And I mean, with with that, I've, I've been able to get pretty creative where, you know, I've taken players through the LeBron James star drill where they start at the top. They sprint to the corner, the corner, the elbow, elbow, and it's constant movement. But I, I add time and, yeah. you know, uh, a certain number of makes. I have an old drill that I, I uh, got from who is the head coach now at Thomas, Coach Gaither, mm-hmm. when he was at the Academy Prep. And it was called Seven Minutes in Heaven where you have two rebounders, two basketballs are constantly, one's being passed uh, to you and you, you go around the, the three-point line and back continuously for seven minutes. Ooh. And the goal is to make 70 yeah. threes. And it is insane. At, after three and a half minutes, your arms are burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, but it's, those are the drills that we do. And we set time limits and, you know, uh, consistency uh, uh, amounts. And so I think those would be my answer this summer. But it, it could change. Next okay. summer could be different. So <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, Next question I had for you, now that all levels of basketball essentially have started, um, you know, here in Maine, how will you spend your winter months? Because, you know, we both know that, you know, traditionally from Thanksgiving to, you know, the end of February is our our leaner times for uh, trainers. And it's more, you know, everyone's in their competition season. So how will you spend your winter? Uh, So this is, I hope it doesn't come off this way, but... Um, for for me, I'm actually booked until February, and so I, I stay busy. Uh, a lot of the players in high school that can, they try to they try to stay with me. Um, there, I do lose a lot of high schoolers due sure. to gym space and due to travel schedules for them and games. But uh, I kind of actually shift more towards the younger side. So mm-hmm. uh, for the for the the limited high school players or even maybe middle school players that I work with, I shift more towards younger groups. Um, so more second, third, fourth, fifth graders, maybe even sixth if they're not in season or they didn't make the, the A teams or, or mm-hmm. the middle school teams. Um, so I shift more towards that and I, I, I stay going to, I, I actually travel to different places weekly. So um, I'm, I'm constantly in different areas and different spaces and, you know, just trying to still maximize my time with as many players as I can. It does, you know, there, there are with 
around here, we have more snow days than maybe in other sure. places. So <laughs> there are more days where, where um, I can't travel due to snow because I do travel a lot. So maybe that's why, unlike, unlike some, I, I'm not sure that, that maybe stay more locally. I kind of still stay at pace with my, my training because I travel so much. Yeah. Um, so I, I do stay pretty busy still. But if, if, I, if I have any time, honestly, with my, my newborn baby, yeah. I'm trying to stay home now. Congrats on that, by Thank the you. Way. Thank you. I'm trying to stay home and <laughs> yeah. spend as much time with him and, and the <laughs> missus and just be there. Uh, but, but inside training, I, I'm very passionate about getting these college players you know, constant adjustments throughout the year. So, you know, I'm, I'm obsessive with basketball. I can, I never get enough. And so I'll watch their games online. I'll break down film. I use apps on my phone to, you know, break down what they're needing to see, how they're needing to adjust, finding their rhythm. Um, so I'm doing some of that and, and, and other stuff that I'm just not yeah. thinking of off the top of my head, sure. but constantly trying to stay busy, might put out an online program here and there. Um, but yeah, still trying to just keep up and and uh, uh, keeping to, to, to the season mode, even though it is, sure. it is you know, for them, their season, I'm trying to say. Well, your um, skill, develop, skill you know, what you address, does that focus change in January and February as opposed to July and August? Uh, if, it's with, if I'm with a younger crew, uh, it's more fundamentals for them, you know, just ball handling and, and, and footwork and shooting fundamentals and defense fundamentals. If it's with an in-season player, yes. I try to, instead of working on more weaknesses, I actually try to cater around what their role is and how they can maximize that. Um, where I think, I think where I found a lot of success after the first two years was I tried to maximize on maybe what they could do to get more minutes during the season. I think I started shifting more of that in the off-season and more how can they maximize their role during in-season um, and then maybe in the offseason expanding and, and raising their weaknesses then. Uh, so that's what I would change mostly, I think, for in-season players, high school, middle school that I work with. Excellent. And Thank it's you. worked, yeah. Yeah, it's working great. Um, I know I told you five questions. I'm going to give you a bonus question I love here it. before we wrap. Um, what advice would you give to someone like yourself who is a new graduate, someone going into the – working world for the first time or maybe somebody that newly retired from a professional playing experience and now is looking for something to do that doesn't necessarily want to jump into the chaos that is coaching mm-hmm. but still wants to stay involved how would you you know talk to yourself you know six or seven years later I would say know your strengths you know what are you passionate about with basketball um, I don't think I'm the camera guy I don't. I, I, I love online programs, but for me to jump into something like that right away, that's not my strength. I love being around kids, and you know, I love I love molding and helping them. So that's a passion of mine. Um, and so I knew I wanted to be involved with the youth in some way. For someone else, maybe you know, you you love being around the the recruiting side of things, or you know, just whatever you're passionate about. I would say try to think of ways that you can get involved with basketball through that. What are you passionate about with basketball? And then from there, just constantly get better. It, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, basketball players, we're very, we're very um, blessed because we're used to being in that grind of having to compete and practice and, you know, train. Now it's just switching our focus from being in the game to 
okay, what are we passionate about with the game? And I, I don't know. I hope this is a good answer, but just constantly just get better. I, I know for me, I, 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 would, I would tell myself to think about what you're good at, work hard every single day, get better, mm-hmm. you know, just like, just like I would do on the, on the floor. And um, just, just constantly look at what's going to benefit you and your family as well. Um, not everyone wants a global business. Some just want to make a, a 20 athlete a year business and they're happy and they're, they're, they're loving their time with those athletes and gaining those relationships. Sure. If it's training, if that they want, you know, some, some love to be, you know, doing the, the recruiting side, like I was saying. So I hope that's a, I know that was a that's freestyle a answer. answer, but that's I think right. that's what I would just say. Just know who you are and and work hard every day. <laughs> well, if you know our audience, our audience is all about freestyle. Oh, um, love it. It's that type of forum. Love it. Uh, is there anything you can share with us that is on the horizon for tier training in 2019 as we wrap up 2018 in another month and a half? Yes, yes. I, I want to impact Maine with a um, skills showcase and training showcase of bringing the best players together. I don't think something like that has ever happened in Maine, maybe. Maybe it has, but I haven't seen it since I've been here. And so I, I, I want to take the, the showcases that are bringing the best players together for playing, and I want to add training to it. And I want to bring the best of the best together like they're doing in other states. I think Maine has tremendous talent. Yeah. Um, and I think this can – I, I want to bring platforms to us to, to advertise via videos and social media. And I want to start – to, to have Maine to be that, that you know, hub for Maine, I guess, you know, where we don't have to travel to Massachusetts and New York to get seen. Sure. Where we can bring the best talent here into a, lo- into a central area, and we can get the best of the best competing, getting better with the best coaches and the best trainers uh, together and, and, you know, just growing and progressing that. So it's in the stages. I'm still trying to get it together. Um, but that's what awesome. I think would be on the horizon for that. And just, that's a great idea. Yeah, right. just continuing to get better. So. Well, you know you got me. You know you got hoop assists. For sure. For sure. Right along. Uh, we're going to have you if you're free. Awesome. Oh, I'm, always, I'm always looking to get out the house. I love it. I, love I got it. two kids. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, how can our listeners connect with you? Facebook at Tier Basketball Training. T as in Tom. E-E-R. Basketball Training. On Instagram. Same thing at Tier Basketball Training, but just add the number one. So Tier Basketball Training one. Um, email Tier Basketball Training at gmail.com. So those are the three best ways. I don't get awesome. service around here, so don't call, don't text. <laughs> don't call, don't I text. probably won't get it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Ben, I can't thank you enough. Truly appreciate the work you do thank you. Uh, statewide. I'm a huge fan. Uh, like yourself, as a basketball junkie, I've transitioned from the chaos that is coaching to player development. Um, and, and I, I love to steal a lot of your stuff. So oh, thank please you. don't arrest me. Oh, no, 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 um, no. That's awesome. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap. Hoop fans, again, we appreciate Ben's time. As always, you can reach out, comment. Please give us a shout out how you thought this podcast went. Uh, as always, give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, our website at www.hoopassist.com. Dot com.